from the banks of Dewey Lake, it's the Dewey Pod Monster. Welcome back. This is the very enthusiastic Dewey Pod Monster podcast. This is the original podcast about consumption, and with me this week is the host of the Dewey Pod Monster podcast. His name is Sean, and he's also the authority on Michigan craft beer. Sean, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, just chasing down my clones. No yeah, big deal. That's yep. not super effective. Are you sure they're, they're clo- that you're chasing the clones or that the clones, clones are chasing, chasing me? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not yeah. really quite sure. Yeah, so sounds like we have a topic today, but let's get to that later. So, did you get around to watching Second Chance? No. God damn it. <laughs> no, I didn't, but I did. <laughs> so, I did watch that, the we talk, We kind of hit on it last week, the Dusty Rhodes WWE documentary. Yeah. I did watch that, mm-hmm. because we got to get our wrestling minute in, wrestling couple minutes in for the week. But that was a really good one. I know that you watched it. I was kind of surprised. Like, I didn't know all that much about Dusty Rhodes. Like, I knew about his WWE and the American Dream and taking out the garbage and being the kind of caricature of himself. But a lot of the other career stuff I didn't know. And he's always been a big guy, huh? Yeah, I'm going to be totally, like, calling myself out here. But I didn't know his kid was uh, Gold Dust. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew that. So, But I had stopped kind of watching by the time Gold Dust came around. I saw him, I was like... What is this, like, Gold Sting now or something? Like, what are we doing here? So- I didn't realize that there was that much, like, family contention between the two of them. Like, the, you know, that much animosity. Well, I guess it's not really animosity. They just kind of... It was just kind of like it was only there not for really- a couple years. Yeah, about five years or so. And I knew that his other son, Cody, right? Cody Rhodes? Yeah. he. I knew that he was his son, obviously. But it's like... <laughs> I, I noticed that Dusty Rhodes like influenced all his kids eventually to bleach their hair because the two sons <laughs> had still had blonde hair. like Cody Rhodes. Yeah. He, he has roots most of the time, but like Dustin Rhodes, a, a, AKA or Dustin Runnels, I guess, AKA gold dust. He still bleaches his hair. It's like short as hell. It's like short as our hair, but he bleaches it. He looks like he has a bald cap on that is somehow blonde hair. Yeah. It's like really fun. I mean, he, Good for it's him. Weird. He's got a full head of hair underneath all that yeah. stubble. But yeah, so I watched that, and then I've been watching, and I don't know if I mentioned it before, I finally, because I like to watch things like a year or two after everybody else is done talking about them, I started finally watching Welcome to Wrexham on Hulu. Oh, with about the, even, yeah. So if you're I know unf- of it. Yeah. I haven't. If you're unfamiliar, Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds buy a football team in Wrexham, Wales. And it's basically about them trying to get this in 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 soccer, in English football, I guess, soccer, well, football, whatever. In that sport, footy, they have leagues, especially in England, where they have the Premier Leagues, the top league, they have the Champions League, they have the National League. And, and when you get to the top, you can be relegated, you can be promoted or relegated down. So this team that they bought has kind of been on hard times for a little bit. That's hard times. They've kind of been on hard times for a little bit. And um, they're trying to help, you know, they, they buy the team. They want to help promote them into the next league because then you get better, bigger profit sharing, bigger money is involved. You can hire players, I guess, in the National League that they're in. All the players have to be English. They can't have any foreign players in that specific league. So it kind of goes through not only like the day-to-day kind of running of the business, but or, of the soccer business, but the team and the town that they're in, 
and like they have little things, little sides where they talk about like hooliganism and stuff like that. It's just an, an interesting <laughs> series so far. I'm, I think I've got like two episodes back. I left. like the word hooliganism. Hooliganism, yeah. And they talk about the yeah. history of hooligans. I don't like, I don't like Ryan Reynolds much at all. Like his kind of smarmy persona, I'm kind of over. I've been over it for a long time. He's he's tolerable, and the thing is that they don't show Rob and Ryan all that much. I mean, it is obviously it because they're attached to it. It's this big deal, right? But they don't actually they don't focus all that much on them. So it's 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 tolerable. Like if you're if you don't like either one of those two guys, it's tolerable because there's enough going on around the outskirt of the show that you're not they're not constantly in your face. So that's that's really besides what we watched today. That's really all the time I've had to watch anything this week. This show's still on, isn't it? Uh, no, the final se- final episode was I think late last year, and they haven't said if they're going to make another season or not. I like Michael Honey mostly because I love It's Always Sunny, which we've gone over probably ad nauseum at this point. Reynolds is okay. I mean, even though I'm a like very much so a anti-Marvel guy. I did enjoy the two Deadpool movies. I kind of doubt that I'll like the third one because it's in, you know, the Disney zeitgeist now. But He's one of the um, few actors that have played in both DC and Marvel stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he wants to forget about one of those, but... Yeah, they joke about I that. Can't really, yeah, I can't really think of anything outside of the two Deadpool movies that I really liked him in, or other than, like, little bit pieces here. Like, you know, he seems to do the cameo game pretty well. Like, he'll pop up in a lot of places and then just be gone. Yeah. But as far as him being, like, a, a lead role or even, like, a support, like, someone with actual time on screen, not just popping up, I can't really think of something that I really liked him in outside of those two. Yeah, like I said, I just the smarmy kind of character that he portrays in everything. Plus, he's a, he's yeah. like a, a gazillionaire now with selling Mint Mobile to T-Mobile, all that like, dude, he bought. Um, you don't have enough going uh, on in your life that that you know make me feel bad about my life. He bought a part of a payment processing company in Canada. I want to say Fine Tech. He's going to make money hand over fist. Like he's basically making money off whoever uses credit cards now. Like that's what that. So yeah, he's going to be stupid rich. But I think good for him, I guess. So fuck him. Fair enough. Should so we talk about the I beer? Watch- Should we talk about the beer real quick before I talk about my beer? You talk about your beer. Yeah, we can talk about. We're, we're drinking beer. It's we are drinking it's, beer. Uh, it's not Friday. Monday. It's a fr- we're yeah, recording a on a Friday. Can't take a drink on that drinking game. Yeah, that means we uh, drink because well, we drink sometimes on Monday too. But sometimes. I don't know. Go ahead. You're the authority. Why don't you start? Neither of these are Michigan beers. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of betraying my audience here, but I am drinking a quintuple barrel Big Bad Baptist. From Epic Brewing Company, and I believe they're in Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah, and Denver, Colorado. I was going to say, this kind of, this goes a little bit outside the guidelines for a Utah beer. This is an 11.8% Imperial Stout aged in whiskey and brandy barrels with roasted cacao nibs, almond flavor, barrel-aged coffee, barrel-aged coconut, barrel-aged almonds, barrel-aged salt, and caramel flavor. This is from 2019, I figured... This has been sitting in my fridge. I wanted to drink a beer tonight, and I figured I may as well go ahead and do one of these. Not a whole lot. Like, I'm not... It's not all that dynamic. You know, I read all these things off here. Whiskey, brandy, cacao nibs, almonds, blah, 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 blah. It just kind of tastes like a barrel-aged stout, and it's not all that kind of impressive, honestly. 
Maybe it's because it it's like, from three, four years ago. I was going to say, it sounds like it might have fallen off a little bit. Because yeah. I've had that one, and I remember it being a bit more of a punch. But I want to say it had a rum barrel. So maybe I had a different variant. And they make like 20 Yeah, they, yeah, they make beer. a ton of them. And I want to say I had it like maybe only three years old as opposed to, what, five, four or five years it's old? Four. Whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Four. So I have a... Imperial Midnight Snack Biscotti Break Stout with Vanilla Beans, Coffee, and Almonds. This is a collaboration from the fine folks at Evil Twin Brewing, which I believe is in New York primarily, and Abomination Brewing, which I have no clue where they're out of, so we're just going to say New York. I thought they are of Connecticut or something. Okay, we can go with that. Oh, maybe it says here. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. North Haven, Connecticut. Yes. Good job. Nice. Thanks. This was canned on March 28th last year, so this is just about a year old, and it's still just super rich. It's basically coffee, vanilla, and a little bit of like a cookie flavor in beer form, and it's got a really fun looking can, which no one else will see, so fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) And I also have a hands on deck, because I'm sure I'll get through this and then open something else, so. I've got a water on deck. I have a water, too, because... You have to hydrate. Yeah, stay hydrated when you're drinking. So I watched a shitty movie this week, aside from our topic. Wait, well, that might or might not be a shitty movie. We'll save that. But I watched a real shitty movie this week. Like, arguably, like, we're talking Black Devil Doll from Hell, Paranormal Highway level shitty. I am intrigued. Tell me more. I watched The Reconciler, which is the Christian version of Saw. I'm sorry, what is it called? The Reconciler. What? How do you spell that? R-E-C-O-N-C-I-L-E-R. Isn't that just the Reconciler? Sure. I don't know. They say it several (laughs) times. It's a terrible fucking movie. They call him the Reconciler. So you know how the whole premise is saw, like, they have all these traps and people get all manged and mutilated and whatnot, and it's supposed to be, if I remember right, like, oh, if you survive, you'll appreciate your life or some horse shit. I'm sorry, did you say manged? Mangled. Oh, mangled. I thought you said manged. I'm like, I have not heard that before. Yeah. So... Essentially, what this, this, uh, what's a good way? Mangler? This, I don't want to say person because it's not really, well, spoil, you know what, fuck it. This, Jesus locks people in a room and forces them to fucking, like, apologize to each other. That's basically what this movie is. But that's or what some Jesus does. version of Jesus is. I mean, it sounds on brand. It's fucking terrible. I was like, man, I hope just one person gets crucified or fucked up in this movie. The worst that happens is someone gets locked in a box and they let him out in the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. I said I was sorry. The end. They ain't even, it's not even that good. It basically, like, <laughs> half of it is like, I worship Christ just not the same way you do, bro. Okay, bro. Oh, well, I guess we can get out now. Fuck you. Let's hug it out. <laughs> yeah, How long was, was like, the movie? Where? Uh, it felt like seven hours. Too it was long. like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> It's really fucking bad. Like this was one <laughs> of the most. M- this is one of the most miserable fucking movies I've ever w- ever watched. And I mean it. Oh, however, it does have Rowdy Rowdy Piper in it. Oh, not so being this very has rowdy to be like at all. Twenty twelve ish. Twenty fifteen. Twenty sixteen. Oh, okay. I think it was. Yeah. So wow. it was a made for TV movie apparently, which features Rowdy Rowdy Piper being not rowdy at all. What they showed on Easter. Sure. <laughs> it's on Tubi for some reason in the horror section. I was like, there's nothing horrible about this other than the movie itself. So, so yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Don't watch the Reconciler, Siler, whatever. It's 
fucking bullshit, and it's going to make you want to just go out there and do all the things the Bible tells you not to do. So, Commit adultery. Or, yeah, whatever. Covet thy neighbor's Or, wife. I did watch it sober. That was half of the problem. So, you're on to coveting now, I see. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to shut up. I'll let, you, I'll let you talk. There's not really much else to say. It's a bad fucking movie. So, no, no one dies. No one even gets hurt. No one even loses, like, a toe. Nothing. Uh, no eye for an eye. Mm-mm. That's like Old Testament stuff, though. Yeah. And then right before we came on, I started watching. There's a couple new episodes of Be- Beavis and Butthead on Paramount. So I started watching those. And it, I don't think you've watched the new ones, but if you've enjoyed the last season, there's no reason you wouldn't enjoy these. They're still two stupid kids getting into shenanigans. What else could be had, right? Shenanigopolis and stuff. I don't even know. That, that's not even a word. On to the fucking topic. So we're talking about this fucking movie, Infinity Pool. This is a movie that is directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Not that Cronenberg. The young Cronenberg. Taller Cronenberg. Do you want to go over plot on this and I can do a review, then we can get into whatever? Yeah, I'll read the really short summary because for some reason there's like 10 of them and some of them are like pages long. So I'm going to go with the short one and then we're going to, you know, we're going to fluff it up a little bit. We're going to be the fluffers of this movie a little bit to the full... E- erection of the story, I guess. This movie could have used a couple fluffers here and there. James and M. Foster are enjoying an all-inclusive beach vacation in the fictional island of Latolka when a fatal accident exposes the resort's perverse subculture of hedonistic tourism, reckless violence, and surreal horrors. Sure. So... Put it out there now. This is a release from 2023, so this is a pretty new movie. I haven't seen a whole ton of people talking about this. When it first came out, it got a little bit of buzz, and then it it kind of has gone into the ether pretty quick. No pun intended there. But from henceforth, if we we can't talk about the movie without talking about the movie, so you might hear some kind of spoilery stuff. And this review kind of touches on that a little bit. But Ooh, yes, stuff. so. This movie, this this fellow, uh, G. Francis, gives this uh, movie one out of ten stars. Oof. Vile mess. No clue how it got made. We're off to a good start. Warning, I'm giving away the entire quote-quote plot, if you can call it that. This starts out as a maybe-passable foreign vacation gone wrong type of movie, but it quickly devolves into complete nonsense. I cannot see why anyone would give this movie anything more than two stars. It's such a pile of trash. Again, so far, this guy's selling the movie to me. I do appreciate inventing a fictitious country, complete with its own alphabet, yet everyone speaks perfect English. That makes sense, right? And this poor backwards country has the ability to make perfect clones of people in minutes over and over? Question. And the purpose of this is to kill the clones for the original person's crime and charge the person with a bunch of money. What? Why wouldn't you just find them? Don't even try to make sense out of this thing. There's sex then gory violence, then sex, then some trippy video, then more gore, just random whatever. Even the ending is beyond stupid. Avoid at all costs. You know, he brings up a good point that I didn't even think about until just now. The English part? No. Oh. If they, okay, so the movie, basically, Alexander Skarsgård, who until today, I didn't realize that he was the son of Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård has been in Thor. That's probably where most people recognize him from. He's been in what is the the um what is the the Star Wars thing? What the hell is the new newer Andor? 
He's an Andor. So if you've seen Andor, Stellan Skarsgård, is that I didn't realize it was a son. Anyways, I digress. The movie follows Alexander Skarsgård. He plays the character James. He's a writer. They go to this resort. They meet Mia Goth. His James and his wife, M, meet Gabby, who's played by Mia Goth, and her husband. They're all staying at the same resort. She claims to be a big fan of his book that he hasn't had much success with. They go out on a on a a, a way a day away from the resort, which everybody's like, "Hey, don't leave the resort." You know, it's a the country's kind of shitty here, and the police are shitty, so you you don't want to leave the resort. Well, they decide they're going to leave the resort. He's peeing. She jo's him while he's peeing for some reason. <laughs> they <laughs> you like the hand motion? Uh, no, you, I like the 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 choice of jo'ing phrase for that. Yeah. <laughs> They they come back as they're coming back. The the husband Mia Goth's husband is too drunk to drive, so James is going to drive. He hits a guy as the lights are flickering on the car. He doesn't see him. It's an accident. And Mia Goth and her husband say, "Hey, listen, the cops here are so bad. Your wife will be raped tonight if we call the police. You will be thrown in jail and pr- probably beaten. So why don't we just go back to the hotel, pretend like it never happened." And, you know, we'll live our lives and shit sucks. Sorry, sorry, local dude, but your murder will go unsolved. The next morning, the cops are at his door. They tell him, basically, they take him him and his wife down to the cop shop. They say, listen, the custom in the law in this country says that if you kill somebody, their firstborn son now has the right to kill you if they don't have a, a, a son, if they don't have a, a son then the government will kill you. Sorry, shit sucks again. But we have a loophole. If you pay an exorbitant amount of money, we will create a double of you that shares all your memories, and then we execute the double. And it just so happens that James' wife is the daughter of a very rich and famous publisher. So they decide they're going to do the thing, and the kid comes out and he stabs the the double to death because he's all tied up and shit. And or does he? Okay. Well, he kills somebody that looks like Alexander Skarsgård, as Alexander Skarsgård is in the audience, the gallery, watching himself be stabbed. And his wife is a just appalled, and he gets a little smile on his face. It like lights something inside of him. The point that I'm getting to, <laughs> I'm getting to it. The writer of the review that you read said, why do they, this country that's pretty poor, like, how do they, they have the technology to clone people, why wouldn't they just, like, fine you? Which, yeah, why don't they just fine you and let you just do whatever the hell you want, and they get the money? Yeah. All right. Movie over. The end. End of podcast. So, give them, (laughs) roll out the credits. No, but. So, go ahead. No, that's all I had. You know, we, we talk all the time about how we take notes on movies and stuff, like, trying to make cognitive conversations out of this yeah so i'm I'm gonna i usually will do the if i'm gonna do this it's usually somewhere more on the other end of the episode but i'm gonna do it now because of how this movie plays it gives you a good idea i wrote two notes down for this after the first like minute or so of the, the movie i said is slipknot in this movie because they have a bunch of dudes in masks and like coveralls dancing oh, yeah. around and beating on drums and shit yeah it's part of the custom of whatever the holiday or whatever that they're the season that they're in at this resort and then the only other thing i wrote down is what the fuck did i just watch 
You really did you really feel like that disconnected from what was going on in the movie? No. Well, yes and no. So immediately after, like as soon as like we're at credit roll, yeah. like movie's done, like haven't sat and thought of it or anything at this point. My immediate thought was, what the fuck was all this? And I kind of felt that way, like, why did any of this happen? What's the point of all this? Like, where is this going? Like, that was my initial thought, like, my recurring thought through the whole time that I was watching this movie is, like, why and where is this going? Is essentially what I went to. Now, you know, it's been about a little over 24 hours since I finished it for me. Like, it had a whole day to kind of stew on it. I think this is actually a really, really good concept of a movie. Like, the idea, maybe not the whole, like, some of the very Cronenberg-esque type glop that we get to see on a regular basis through this movie, which if you like, you know, Cronenberg senior, you'll, you'll feel right at home with that kind of stuff in here. But just the idea of like lawlessness run amok. I think this kind of explores that idea better than like a movie like the purge, which I didn't really care for. You know, I think it does a better job of taking that idea of we could just buy our way out of trouble and seeing how far like people will push that or exploring how far people will push that concept. Yeah. And it feels more realistic in that sense. Now there's things obviously in this movie that happen that are probably not very realistic, but like clones, just how it... <laughs> actually, I don't know. I feel like that's probably how they do it. I having no experience with any type of cloning at all, other than watching movies where clones exist. I don't know, but I, I feel like you don't need to be covered in a tub of goo to, make a clone but maybe i'm wrong no the stuff like the primarily some of the stuff that happens in these like random orgies that break out and some of the other bodily fluids that seem to plop all over the screen that's the stuff i'm like seems like it's getting a little excessive but whatever and i guess there is a extended cut that just has a lot more of that hmm. shocker where was i going here you didn't take many notes no i didn't take many notes but no, I I do think the concept in this is really great. I just, I, I mean, I can put it out there now. I don't know that the way this movie plays out, it's something that I'll ever want to go back to a second time because I like to rewatch things and mm -hmm. I don't know that I, this is one that really lends to that at all, rarely, if ever. And, you know, we've talked about the concept of like having a dark movie that's moody and all that type of shit. This movie is certainly that, but it didn't really bother me in that because it's just like fucked up enough to kind of keep you like watching it to go where the fuck is this going like yeah. you want to see how it hands out but it's also just kind of like you know dragged enough that you're like eh, i kind of don't really like watching this at the same time i've never seen a movie from brandon cronenberg like i've never seen a movie he's directed or written i think he's probably done i think he's done at least one prior to this but you got one that was like possession 2020 i think it was called i didn't see it but i think that's what it's called that sounds familiar from what i was reading but i it seems like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree like the things no. that are kind of explored <laughs> in this movie are very similar to things that david cronenberg has explored in his movies as well you know we have some there's there's not as much body horror as i would expect from a movie that has the name cronenberg attached to it mm-hmm but it explores some of the darker kind of concepts. Now, like the inverse of what you said, you had two notes written. I actually, <laughs> as this movie played, I was writing paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. And it's not like concepts, you know, it's not like, oh, 
what about this or oh what about that it's more like for my sake to kind of digest this movie i took it upon myself to write a summary basically of the entire movie so if i were to go back and look at this what i wrote for my notes i'm basically telling the entire story of this movie in my notes which i felt it's interesting yeah i felt it was kind of like the whole what's interesting we had the whole like total opposite reaction it's like you went into it like almost like a study and i went into it like how do i ingest this and try to figure out what the hell i'm watching we usually kind of have a similar like approach yeah, to style. really any of these that we cover so it's interesting that for whatever reason this one kind of threw us in like two separate directions well to be fair i think when we watched kill switch i think i did the same thing <laughs> so i don't know what you're talking about man <laughs> but you need to watch <laughs> you have to watch that kill switch again bro but uh and i remember my accent i don't remember the Seagal accent that i put on but like they're all bad it doesn't yeah, matter it doesn't matter they're all <laughs> shit i mean just like the real guy but I just, just to kind of digest it, to be able to follow it. So I didn't really find it all that hard to follow. And I think it was probably because I was running this commentary, like this ongoing summarization in my head the entire time. I, it did take me a little bit at the beginning to kind of wrap my head around what was happening. Let's get a little bit deeper into the plot, right? So we mentioned that the doubles are there. The, the Skarsgård's double is killed by the, the person he killed's son. And then... He's kind of, he doesn't really Which feel well. Super, like, that's probably the most brutal scene in this whole movie. Well, I'd arguably. say that dog scene at the end. Oh, yeah. That's, is well, probably that's the true. worst. And it's not a real dog, so if you are someone that's, no. like, averse to animal violence or animal cruelty, it's a person that they call the dog. I'm I'm 100% that guy, and I was, like, when they said, bring out the dog, I was ready to be like, oh, shit, this is going to ruin what is, this whole movie what is this? Me. What is this dog that you speak of? Yeah. But when they brought it out, I was like, oh, it's just a human. Fuck him. So, yeah. Be, kill um, him. Kill him. Yeah. Anyway. But, like, the... So, he he comes back, and he doesn't feel well, and he still... He goes and sees Mia Goth and her husband, Albin, I think is his name in the movie. Her name's Gabby. And mm-hmm. they go and visit them, and the, the, the husband and wife, James and his wife, Skarsgård and his wife, go visit them. They, like, still hang out for a little bit. Well, actually, I think she wants to leave. His wife wants, wants to leave, leave immediately, yeah. and mm-hmm. James can't find his passport, and he's like, oh, shit, I can't find my passport. I can't leave, and she's like, okay, well, you know, we need to figure this out, and I think that he ends up going to the lobby to kind of plead his case about what can he do. He can't find his passport. They extend his stay, and then he starts to, he sees Gabby in the lobby, and she takes she takes him for a drink and kind of like calms him down. And takes him up to her room, and that's where you discover that it's like this group of people that have all been cloned. Like, they have all committed some kind of crime where the penalty was death, but they had themselves doubled, duplicated. And one of the characters asks James, do you think that maybe the the double, that you're the double, and the clone, or I'm sorry, the original person who you were is the one that was actually killed? And that kind of sets this whole thing into motion. They start getting into they start getting into trouble. It's a borderline, but, yeah, it's a borderline time paradox. Yeah, it's like the doppelganger kind of principle, right? Yeah. When you know that a clone of you exists, the 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 idea is that you can never exist in the same space. The double or the doppelganger will always try to kill you. It's like a thing where you know it can't. It, it it's like a jealousy thing. I don't know if it's a jealousy thing, but it's just like a whole theory, a whole concept. And so you start to kind of see how these people live recklessly because 
what's the penalty? You know, the worst penalty that they have is they have to pay money to get another version of themselves made. And oops, like they just, it's like a whipping boy. You know, basically this clone, this double becomes the whipping boy for all the bad things that they do. So it's a really interesting concept It kind of, to me, on a high level, on the surface, it's kind of a movie about, oh, the doubles and these people, but on kind of like you scratch the surface a little bit and it starts to become this kind of like commentary on, to me. It's a morality story. It's yeah. A morality or just like how rich yeah. people can get away with anything, you know, as mm-hmm. long as you're rich enough because the poor people that where their fam- family member is killed, there's really like, honestly, if you think about it, what's the... What's the benefit of you being like the vengeance, right? Oh, okay. Well, you killed my dad, so I get to kill you. But that doesn't bring my dad back. You're not, du- they're not duplicating right. my dad, and he's going to be my dad, or he's not going to, you know, let's say he was a farmer, the guy that got hit. Mm-hmm. There ain't no, you know, now there's nobody to work the field because all the kids are like, are younger. So right. it's an interesting concept. It's just, I don't know. The characters to me, all those characters just see, there's not a single one. Except maybe M, James's wife, and I would even kind of, I don't know if I could even say it about her, but nobody is likable. Like, there's, I don't feel bad for any of these people. Like, you kind of have to put yourself in James' shoes to be like, this is really fucked up, you know, but. Well, the movie's definitely told from his point yeah, of view. Yeah, and he just seems like a, no- like a bitch, you know? So, I, w- so I want to say this ahead of where I'm going to go with it. Yeah. I think Skarsgård and Goff both give knockdown amazing performances in this movie. Yeah. Like whatever negative you can say about this, like these two in particular acted their asses off for the entire like duration of this movie. And that's everything from just looking genuinely disturbed to just like taking big hunks of scenery and chewing it right through like giant holes in it. So they're both, as far as their performances, fantastic. Likeable is a whole different conversation. Yes. The weird thing about his wife, to me, is we find out later what happens with James's passport. But when she leaves, you know, she's pissed off at James because he's going down this. He's essentially it's like he's getting addicted to a drug and she decides to cut bait. That's it's not a drug, but that well, I guess it there is drugs. But anyway, I digress. She leaves because she's seen him go fall off the wagon and she decides fuck this i'm i'm going home why does she keep bankrolling all this shit because she's the one that's giving the money in this like he doesn't have money he's some you know on his ass writer who's only got bankrolled because he's with her whose dad put his book in you know five barnes and nobles there's still open (laughs) so i think it's weird that she continues to bankroll his descent into whatever this is i also think it's weird that after she leaves pretty early in the movie. Like this is like almost a two hour movie and she's probably gone within a half hour or so of the runtime, roughly right around there. And I know she pops up at the very end, but you really don't see her or much of her again for the duration of the movie, which is kind of bizarre to me. Like if your wife leaves because you're having problems, like you just disappear, but keep funding debauchery. Sounds like a pretty good situation, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. No, I think that the, um, I think the other thing to think about is that the whole runtime, not necessarily like the real time runtime, meaning like chronologically, I feel like it only, it's over a couple days. So maybe it's to the point where she doesn't under, yeah, she doesn't, maybe she just doesn't know that because he has like a debit card or an ATM card basically when he goes into the, into the, the first time he's in the police station. He uses like an ATM to de- 
to withdraw all the money that he needs to pay. I la- Am I the only one who laughed at the ATM that like gives him, I don't know, like $2 million cash? Yeah, shit ton of money. Yeah, I right. thought that was funny, too. Like, oh, I guess there's no um, withdrawal limits <laughs> right here in whatever it's called, Il, Il Tolka. La Tigra or whatever. So, anyway, did you feel like you were going to have a seizure at any point in this movie? No. Because I feel like they tried. So. They, it almost felt, there. so there's a couple scenes where they have these, like, drug-induced hallucinations, and there's a lot of flashing lights and everything, and that really reminded me, in a way, I mean, it reminded me a lot of, like, 70s kind of horror cinema. You think of, like, I don't know, maybe, like, Suspiria or something has kind of these strobing, flashing different colors, but it almost reminded me a little bit, that part of it reminded me of Mandy, where he's, like tripping out, you know, and there's all these flashing lights and just all these strobing and stuff. I was like, oh, I mean, I, I, I think it's probably more inspiration was taken from 70s horror cinema than sure. anything else sure. or drug culture kind of movies. But yeah, it was like, whoa, but I, there's the scene, there's a scene where he gets the, I think it's actually the first time he, he takes this drug. It's like this drugs are illegal on the island, but it's a religious kind of exception that they get to use this one particular drug that the guards seem to be like all the workers seem to be facilit like not facilitators but enablers of these things like the cleaning people give them a gun the guards give them this drug like it's it's just all these random people that work at the resort that are enabling these people to act to act poorly that kind of wraps around to the overall concept of like if you're rich enough yeah you know, whatever. So, but I never but. expected to see scenes where I would almost misinterpret what was going on as to like internal porn cams where they have like, yeah. oh, is that that looks like a penis going into something? Like that's uh, that's a weird. It looked like a dick coming out of a butthole to me. Oh, I thought it looked like it looked like those. I mean, not that I've ever watched porn before, but there's those internal cam <laughs> porns where it looks like a, a, a penis is going in. And it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. There's like little weird body things where like a nipple, like the nipple opens and like shit pours, like green shit pours out of it. Ugh. That might have been the grossest part of it to me, other than the whole suckling scene. Yes, the... that's slightly disturbing. Yeah, mostly because it just keeps going. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's the thing with these sex scenes or these orgy scenes or what the drug induced kind of scenes. They go on too fucking long like they well, just and like i said on. this is i think we had we watched the theatrical cut which from what i've seen from the little bit of time that i had to look up stuff on this there is a different version of this movie that went to sundance and like the festival circuit i guess that has an additional 19 minutes Oof. and it's mostly in those scenes yeah and this movie is an hour and 54 minutes i believe it's basically a two-hour movie it feels every it, it does you know, it's interesting enough to keep you engaged in that two hour. I'm going to call it two hours just yeah. for simplicity. Sure. It's interesting enough to keep you engaged. Like you, you don't feel like, like you're not checking your watch and being like, God, when is this going to end? Maybe some of those sex scenes that we're talking about, like the movie as a whole doesn't feel like that, but it does kind of leave you like, at least for me, it left me a lot of times, like I said earlier, kind of going where the hell is this going? Like, what's the end game towards all of this? Are we just going to spiral for two hours? Or is there like a proverbial light at the end of this tunnel that we're going towards? Yeah. And I watching this, I was, I wasn't watch checking because I, I like, I don't know. I don't know if it's right to say, cause I wanted to, but I, I was kind of a time crunch to watch this. Like I had sh- shit I was doing. So I had to kind of 
watch it in chunks, you know, of time. And yeah, I had that too. I felt like the last, I don't know, when it was at like an hour and a half, I was like, oh, okay, we must be getting pretty close to the end. And I checked, I'm like, oh, okay, there's another pretty much half an hour to go in this. Hmm. It's one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, how are they going to wrap this up? Like, what is going to be, especially the scene, there's a scene where there's like a confrontation on the bus and on this vehicle. And I was like, okay, we have like 20 minutes left. Like, what are we still, (laughs) what are we still gonna do that we haven't been able to do yet? And this was definitely, I don't want to say what the ending was, but the ending, it was one of those movies where as soon as the movie ended, I immediately went to Wikipedia to like, look, did I miss something? Like what? Okay. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's safe to say that we didn't miss something. That's just how it ends. So that bus scene, and, and I mentioned like Mia Goff gets a amazing performance in this movie because she is about as like, I don't know what the clinical term is anymore for multi-personality, but she is like got every fucking personality under the sun. <laughs> and that scene is right about where she really goes off the fucking deep end. Yeah. What do you think about her in that scene in particular? Did she go like to the point of annoyance or is it just work because of this character? No, I felt like it was annoyance. Like I, if I was the bus okay. driver, I would have just driven through the cars. Like really get the yeah. fuck out of here. Like I'm going to, you could have knocked him off that cliff right there. Yeah. And been done, with, just been done like, with the and, whole thing. Bye. Yeah, 20 minutes off the movie. See ya. So, yeah. I just, um, I want to reserve what I'm going to say for like my end piece because I kind of have a thing that I want to just mention about her in general. But I mean, she does a really good performance, but she is extremely unlikable. She's like a manipulator. She is. I think that's intentional. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. I, I, for sure. It's not that yeah. her as a person is unlikable. This character is extremely unlikable. So it's not like comparing her to. I'm going to use the person I always go to. It's not like Sherry Moon Zombie where she's unlikable and she sucks. Like, she's really good at being unlikable in this movie. Yeah. So the other thing that really. This isn't so much her. This is movie like dumb shit. This is one of those because the script said so moments. The end of that bus scene, you see James trying to run away and he's running through a wooded area, kind of dipping and dodging between trees. Yeah. And he's down from the road. Like he he goes down like a small hill and starts running. I don't buy for a second that she's going to shoot him, like that she's going to hit him. That bolt's good. I mean, maybe if it ricocheted and hit from a weird angle, but it looks like she hit him dead on in like the calf, the way the I think it was like camera thigh, shows it. But yeah, I thought it was lower. But either way, I don't buy that for a fucking second. There's no way. Like again, not a guy who's like into shooting or anything. But I've heard from like people who are that like a running target is like impossible to hit or damn near impossible to hit unless you're like a trained marksman. The idea that he's at a different elevation, and she just manages to hit that through a bunch of trees and shit, and bullshit. Well, to add on top of that, there is a scene earlier in the movie where there's like a bit of a some gunplay, and she can't shoot for shit. And yeah, in this movie, she's like a. I mean, I'm not not in this movie. In this scene where James is running, she's like a trained marksman. Like she hits him, like you said, yeah. running a running target, trees there everywhere. Trees. Yeah, and she's hitting trees next to him. I mean, it's not, you know, that's, it's nitpicking. It's not believable at all. And it's nitpicky. But yeah, I had the exact same thought. Like, there is no way. She barely hit the guy in the other scene. Like, maybe like an hour before. I was going to say hours. But an hour before, she can barely hit this guy. 
barely makes it out alive of this confrontation. And in this thing, she's just like the Terminator, you know, RoboCop, for Christ's sake. It, it is nitpicky, but at the same time, like, I feel like that kind of shit almost depends on the movie. Like, to use Kill Switch as an example, like, we watch Seagal fire bolts all over the fucking yeah. city in that movie. <laughs> and he hits everything except the bad guy. So, I mean, if she's doing that and he's and she's hitting everything in sight because she happened to pull out a gun. Okay, fine. By this movie's like unbelievable standard, I'll believe that you hit him running through the trees and whatnot. Yeah. But that wasn't the president that was set in this movie. Like you said, we saw her erratically firing like, you know, at the ceiling when there was a guy right in yeah. front of her or whatever. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't that scene, and I'm glad to hear that you thought it was bullshit, too, because, again, there's a lot of movies where you see people doing all this running target, like, it's movies, it's like you've mentioned, I don't know when, like, everyone shoots from the hip, and yeah. it's like a trained marksman, like, it's kind of like that, but it doesn't match the character that we've already seen in this movie, and that's where I was like, bull fucking shit, she's not hitting a fucking thing with that. It would be like the, the female, I don't remember her name, in Raw Deal. Like, I don't think she shoots a gun oh, in yeah. that whole movie, and she picks up a gun, and she's, uh, like, a trained assassin. I mean, it would be, like, the same right. kind of thing. Sh and shooting from the hip, by the way. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like we should just get the hot dogs, because... I was going to say, are there any other big things we want to get to? Because I don't want to... Who hasn't seen this movie? Yeah. I don't want to ruin, like, the end for you. And I think that we've done a pretty good job talking about plot points without talking about specifics. So if anybody's listening, they could tell us different and they haven't seen it and they watched it and they're like, wait a minute, those two dickheads told us everything. I feel like we've done a pretty good job <laughs> being vague enough about what goes on in the movie to not not give it away, but kind of give you a general idea of the thoughts that we had. I don't want to go, I don't want to get into too much into specifics because I feel like this is, and maybe my, my hot dogs will kind of say that, but I feel like this is kind of a movie that, I don't know, you might want to watch. All right. I'll go ahead and lead us off this time because it sounds like you got more to say than I do. I would give this movie probably, this is right in the middle for me. This is five hot dogs out of 10 hot dog bloodbath clone goos. You know, this movie for me, it has, and I know it's different Cronenberg, but this has all the, or a lot of the Cronenberg. If you like David Cronenberg and you like that weird kind of gross out, goopy horror concept movie you're going to feel right at home here. So there's that. I don't want to go as far to say this is required viewing because I don't think it's quite that. But it you for this kind of genre flick, it's worth watching to see that this type of movie, one, can still get made, two, exists in 2023, and three, can push, I would say, I don't know if they're A-list actors, but certainly well-known actors like Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goff to a whole different level that, I mean, we watched X and I didn't really think a whole hell of a lot about Mia Goff in that. We've watched Barbarian with Skarsgård, and we've seen him in It and other shit. That's a different Skarsgård, by the way. Is it? Yeah, that's Bill. Oh, well, fuck him. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, like I said, the, you see some really great performances, and it's worth watching on that alone. Just brace yourself for some grossness, because this movie is all the fucking goo all at once and multiple times throughout the movie. If you don't like that, this probably isn't for you. And like I said, for me, once I kind of got maybe an hour passing, kind of had a good solid understanding of what the hell I just watched. 
I really don't feel a big desire to go back to this. Maybe that will change. Like, I I wouldn't be shocked if I see this if I watch this again in like let's say six months and kind of have a rediscovering of it and like like it quite a bit more. But where I stand right now in April of 2023, I really have no desire to watch this again. And that's its biggest downfall is it doesn't really make me want to go back to it. Yeah, for me, I I really I just I don't after watching this, I don't really know what to think about it. I, I mean, I I really do enjoy. I've mentioned it. On previous episodes, I enjoy darker movies. I enjoy movies that are kind of like, you know, what the fuck? What did I just watch? I, I, I like these kind of mind-bending movies. And I feel like it's it's done a lot now in prestige TV. And there's not, sometimes not payoff, but that feeling that you get watching a movie and you watch, or a show, and you feel like there's something bad that's good. Any, at any time, something bad impending could just doom. happen. Yeah, the impending doom that just is looming over the entire movie i think that the the themes that i got out of the movie uh are more commentary on you know like rich tourists that go to other cultures and they feel like they can get away with literal murder and exploit locals stuff like that the the entire group of people other than james wife which i mentioned earlier i think are entirely unlikable in my opinion uh, Mia Goth fits into that totally unlikable thing. I, I'm kind of a little worried because I feel like, and I haven't seen many of her movies, many of the movies she's been in, but I feel like she's getting really typecast into this role where it's like, yeah, you're playing this female lead, but you're super unlikable. Like, with the, I can really only speak to X, like, and I know that, she, well, Pearl, I know she was a lead in that too, but I just feel like X, I didn't like her in that. I, I don't like her in this movie. She does a great job in this movie. I think she does leaps and bounds better than she did in X, but I I just, I, I didn't really like her. I, I, I like the themes of the movie. Like I said, I thought that the movie was a real kind of thinking movie, but I don't know. If, if anyone in the main cast was at least a little bit likable and, and not either a shithead or pathetic like James Alexander Skarsgård, James' <laughs> character, it would have made the movie better. At least give him more character than just being like a pushover or being, you know, just like this total pussy, for lack of a better term, that just kind of, you know... I mean, I understand he's kind of, like, in the middle of this mind fuck, basically. But I just wish he would have had a little bit more of a backbone. Maybe one of his doubles had a better backbone or something. But anyways, regardless, I gotta give Infinity Pool... I'm gonna give it six and a half doppelgangers out of 11 hot dogs. I like it for kind of the WTF, the, the what-the-fuck kind of feeling about the whole thing. But it just... There's just, it felt like there was something missing. I can't put my finger on what it was, but there's just something that I felt like it it was missing. It does, it does fit that whole kind of Cronenberg narrative again, not David, but what's his name? Brandon? Is that his name? Brandon Cronenberg? Yeah. believe so, yeah. Brandon, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it fits that, Cronen, that Cronenberg lineage, even if it's not the, the Cronenberg you're thinking of. Cronenberg Sr. Yeah. We got anything we blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Do we have anything yeah, that uh, 12.5% starting to be effective. Anything to tag on here before we start to peace out on this one? No, I I think that's that's pretty much it. Like I said, it's just kind of... I don't agree with you that it has as much body horror as like a regular Cronen, uh, a David Cronenberg movie, but there are definite parts of it that are very graphic, disturbing. I think for a 2023 movie, it does. I think if you compare it to like early Cronen, like 80s, yeah, movies in general. It's not that, but it's a different 
It's a different time. It, it's it's a different it's a different feel. Like yeah. the the body horror in this movie feels like gross and it feels sticky to me. For lack of better, yeah, like, like everything that, like, in this movie was kind of stringy, nasty yeah. feel. Where like when I think so for me, like when I think Cronenberg, I always go back to Scanners. That's the one that I always was like you know in my brain for yeah you know <laughs> I think of the fly um, or Videodrome. Stuff like Existence. So my point is, that's more like meaty, chunky, like 80s body horror stuff. Yeah. It feels like a generational difference yeah. to me. It's so, more refined. Yes. So anything else? Nope. No? All right. Well, we're going to start wrapping this up here for the week. We will be kind of knocking out some listener requests. We have three or four right now that we are... Well, we keep getting asked for things, so we're going to deliver because, frankly, we've put it off long enough. So if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, whether it is a movie, whether it is a album, a I'm not going to read a book, but a TV show, something, whatever. Fucking books. Booze. Fucking books. If there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. You can drop us a line on our site, which is crap.town, or on any of the social networks. We are at Dewey Podmonster. We reply there pretty regularly yeah do that uh if you could you could also share this episode share any episode that you listen to like review all that type of stuff it helps us out immensely give us feedback we always appreciate that and after you do all that go check out what sean has going on i was gonna say too if you guys are interested in doing watch casts you want to kind of watch movies with us or we watch movies with you i don't know how that relationship works let us know, because we're open to it. We're kind of looking to to do more of that kind of community stuff. But anyways, regardless of that, you can find all the stuff that I do, because I am the authority on Michigan Craft Beer. You can find that at youtube.drafttherapy.com. Lots of videos going back several years about different beers, different beer releases, different breweries in, in the state of Michigan. And uh, now we're kind of focusing more on getting out and going to places and talking to people and seeing what they have to say about their beer. But you can also check in with me on all the social media networks at Draft Therapy. Boom. All right. Boom. <laughs> Boom. T- ten minutes of silence. Boom. Boom goes dynamite. All right. I think that's all we got for the week. So we will be back on a Monday or two, whenever. Just listen. Please listen. You'll listen. <laughs> you'll hear it on a Tuesday, regardless of when we record it. That's right. So have a good week. Cheers. Three, two, one. Yeah. With authority. Boom shakalaka. And boom goes the dynamite.